welcome to Wine, Dine, and 69, a podcast about dating, relationships, and sex. I'm Rachel Dalton, and here with me is my co-host, Anna Lovelace. Oh, hello. Okay. Uh, you know, per usual, this is not a substitute for therapy, uh, so go ahead and go ahead and get a therapist if you can. I love how like that intro was, I think it was because we were laughing right before I hit record, <laughs> but I, my intro, I felt like I was like a sports person. Uh, I'm fine with it. It's good to have the, that much energy. I'm, I'm amped right now. So yeah. uh, we're, it's we're a good time bring, for us to record. Bring bring the noise, bring the energy. Yeah. Sex, love languages. <laughs> Let's do it. Actually, I am really excited about this because, um, you know, last week we talked about love languages and doing an overview. Um. And I got a lot of really uh, cool feedback about that. A lot of people who hadn't really thought about their love languages, but us framing it in um, the way of like how they received love and how they were taught to give it as kids. Um, So yeah, it sounds like we may have had like a little bit of a lead on that. Yeah, I had someone, oh my God, man, every time one of you reach out, like anyone reaches out to me, um, it's been a lot through like my personal Instagram Um, and this one actually was my best friend who listens. She reached out and she was like, yeah, I, you know, I had a conversation with my partner about it. Um, and like it, it opened up so many like great conversations and like, I hope we listen to it more and it only helps. Like that was the, like, like that is the best feedback ever yeah. of just like literally us talking about things has now helped a conversation hap- happen. So like that, is the kind of stuff that makes me want to cry in a happy I, it way. It brings such joy to our hearts. Mm-hmm. So um, we love we love feedback, uh, negative feedback too. We, yeah. we strive to be better. So, um, you know, I noticed that like a couple episodes ago, I had edited the tracks ever so slightly off and I was like beating myself up about it for like a week. And I was like, Rachel, it was like episode three. Like you need to yeah. <laughs> calm your tits. Um, but how are, how are you uh, doing? Are you, are, I'm doing better. How are you doing? Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I am doing good. Today was bizarre. Um, I woke up and just felt uh, not bad or like upset, just like, just like very weird. Um, and maybe like a little bit like goofy, I guess might be the word. Uh, but yeah, my day was like bizarre. I totally messed up one of my clients' schedules. That was fun. And then I thought the therapy that I get was today, and that was also not the case. So I kind of, uh, you know, some some difficulty with time this week. And huh. knowing yeah. when things are supposed to be happening. Well, Mars is in retrograde, and I couldn't tell you exactly what that means, but... <laughs> It kind I, from what I gather, it's like just kind of and like a feeling of like being unsettled. Yeah, that so I I could probably the, that is not a bad word for how I felt uh, this morning. But yeah, I also had a like uh, you know those like generic drugstore like sleep aid things that you can yeah, get. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I had one of those last night because I was I was like oh I would love to like fully fully sleep and like sleep in. Um, and then I think, honestly, I had a little bit of caffeine this morning, which I don't normally have, like, ever. And I think the mixture of those two things probably did not do me any yeah. favors. It's funny. I don't drink caffeine either, generally, um, unless it's, like, tea. I don't mm-hmm. I don't drink coffee. Um, so when I, when I play, like, uh, 
10 fingers or like never have I ever. Uh, that's usually the first thing that I say is that I I uh, have never had like a cappuccino. Wow. So, I know. The world. I mean, <laughs> here's the thing. I don't have I don't not have caffeine. Does that make sense? By choice. Um, I definitely had so much caffeine that it was making me like super dizzy and not feel okay. Ooh, yeah, no. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you could say that maybe there was a little bit of an addiction during my, um, graduate school days. Uh, but now I cannot have it anymore because it makes me feel bad. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, um, I, I don't drink it just because, uh, coffee upsets my stomach. Mm -hmm. Um, super acidic. Yeah, when I uh, when we would record No Avatars Allowed um, in person, we would record like every other week, and uh, um, I we record early. Like I would have to get up really early, and so I'd get myself like a monster, <laughs> like a gamer. Uh, and I don't know, like it just it made me able to be a little bit more chatty um, that early because I, I'm not a morning person. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, Fair things enough. are. Uh, I was telling you before we we jumped on and started recording that um, I I am much better because uh, somehow, and I don't know why it's always a surprise when my period starts, but my period started and I was like, oh, that explains why I felt like a fucking crazy person (laughs) over the last two weeks. I was nuts. I was like, who is this person? (laughs) I don't know her. my my, My partner was like... I feel like I haven't seen you like this before, like to this degree, what's happening? He was like, are you taking your medication? Oh. I'm like, yes. Like, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's been, uh, an ordeal. Um, but I, I feel like my period started and I immediately, it was like the flip of a switch. I feel totally back to normal. Um, I'm not paranoid anymore. I'm not sad anymore. Um, Hey, there is, you know, drugs can't fix everything, and there are definitely drugs that you should not self-medicate with. But um, I also want to encourage people: um, do not feel shame for getting. Um, if if you need like something like you know, I'm I have Prozac. If you need something like that to to function, um, to feel better, it is better to take that and to feel better than to go your entire life feeling yeah awful. No shame um, in the medication game, uh, for sure. It's like what I tell clients all the time of, okay, you have for sure, and this is like people who get medicated later in life of, all right, you've been able to compensate your entire life, uh, but you do not have to continue to suffer. Like there are other options. Yeah. And I mean, of course, you know, um, there are a lot of people that say, uh, you know, well, why you should just exercise. Like there are lots of natural things that you can do. But I think that it's really hard for people to understand that when you are depressed, it is so hard to even get out of bed, right. let alone like make yourself do those things. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's like, yeah, I'm sure that exercise and you're going for a walk would fucking help, but <laughs> like I can't even get up to like go get a glass of water. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's really tough. And um I was, yeah, I was in a dark place, darker than I've been in quite some time. So I'm um, happy to have snapped out of it. Uh, also, yeah, I'm also happy for that as well. <laughs> because yeah. for sure, I feel like in the tone from this from last week to this week, I can feel like a, 
like a difference, which is making me yeah. happy. So good. <laughs> good. Yeah. And my voice isn't shot. So um, <laughs> that's, that's nice too. I, I had a meeting today for an hour and a half. So I actually have used my voice. So you're warmed um, up. You're warmed up. Yeah, exactly. Me, 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 me. Uh, those, I mean, people might not know, uh, actually, that uh, before I was a podcastess, uh, I, you know, went to school for musical theater. So having a warmed up voice actually is really, really important. I still do theater semi-professionally, but, um, you know, not in COVID times. It's kind of shut down. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. But I wanted to say about the love languages. Um, I actually had a really interesting conversation with my partner about it because, I was telling him, you know, what we had discussed and, um, you know, went back to our conversation about how on our second date, he asked me what mine was and we found out that we had one in common. Um, and I told him, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm not the most touchy feely person. And he was, and I was like, I don't consider physical touch to be one of my top ones. And he was just like, I can't believe that. He's like, we're always touching. Right. Like he's, he's like, it takes a conscious effort to like, us to not be touching like I don't um he's like I have a really hard time believing that and mm -hmm. I was like well like you know I was I said with you it's really different and maybe it's just easier with you than it was with past partners but um you know in, in my last relationship uh it, this is really interesting too I kind of want to talk about because this relates to what we're going to talk about today so I'm going to start off with like a little bit of a, a personal anecdote which is I hope people understand. Um, it's it's how I relate. It's how I empathize. Yeah. Um, so, you know, before this relationship, I was in another relationship. It's uh, somebody that I moved to Philly with. Um, and uh, we were together for four years. And our sex life started suffering after we moved in together. Um and, you know, I'm not going to go into too much details. He's a very, you know, nice guy. Um, uh, but uh, it started to suffer after that point. And I I think I said like last week that this person, you know, when I would try to do words of affirmation, he'd be like, don't patronize me. Or, you know, he didn't want to give me words of affirmation because he didn't think that it was genuine or, you know, whatever. whatever. Um, but it's funny that when you are not – but his his love language was physical touch – and it's really interesting to me that when my love language of words of affirmation wasn't getting met, I didn't want a physical touch and I didn't want to have sex. Yeah. But I, f I feel like that makes sense. It, it makes tons of sense. But like it's not really until we had – I mean and I understood that I guess like in some broader broad way but I hadn't really like zeroed in on, you know, connecting those points all together. Um, but like – He'd be like, well, like, we never have sex. And I'd be like, why would I want to? Like, you're not nice to me. Right. Um, and, uh, it, you know, sometimes he wasn't nice. And sometimes, you know, he just wasn't meeting me with my love language. It wasn't that he wasn't being nice. He, just different, you know, we should have broken up earlier because it, there was a clear lack of compatibility in um, a few areas. But I think one of the biggest ones was love language. Um, so I've been thinking a lot about that uh, just at – how much easier it's been in my current relationship just because um, there seems to be way more of a, a connection um, yeah. with love languages. Yeah. And also like your needs are being met as well. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you know what? I should have said this on the last podcast, but this Friday I'm giving a workshop on stress and sex. Uh, but of course this will air after I've given uh, it. Is there going to be a playback? 
I don't know. I have many people have asked me to record it so they can see it. Um, but actually, wait a minute. There's a possibility that you hear this Friday morning and still can attend Friday there night. Is. It is a very yes. slim possibility, but it exists. Uh, it's six thirty, seven thirty this Friday, um, Eastern time, right? We're in we're in PA. Yeah, we're used uh, to that. yeah. Send me the link and I'll put it in the episode notes. Oh yeah, great. Um, and what you just said kind of reminds me of the some of the stuff I'm talking about. Of like, there is this research study. I mean, which it it is kind of like that uh, moment, but really, until you think about it, it's like how you get along with someone and how you get your needs met correlates very highly with the amount of sex you have. Like, of course, yeah. if, if <laughs> things are not going right in the relationship, there is a direct correlation of like, okay, we're going to be having much less sex. And even if we are having sex, it's not going to be sex that we necessarily or each of us enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, um, and it, it, it's funny too, because it's just like, oh, duh, like, of course. Right. But, um, but yeah, so I think that's, I mean, when you're thinking about love languages and sex, the first thing to think about separate from like how you can incorporate love languages into like the actual act of sex, a really important thing is to think about the love languages as foreplay. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, and I mean, that's, I mean, that's why if you think about it, you know, that stereotype of like a man, like saying sorry and bringing his girlfriend or wife like flowers or chocolate and then like they have makeup sex that's that's a thing for a reason you know i actually fucking hate that um (laughs) i do too i do too don't get me wrong (laughs) literally it does not do anything for me if you say sorry and you bring me a gift it pisses me off because i'm just like don't bring me a gift don't bring me fucking something change what you've done change the best apology is change behavior. Yes, I don't, don't even say sorry to me. Just never do it again. Like, <laughs> and then I will be so happy. Um, but I also hate the correlation that starts to to build between gifts and negative emotions. So be very aware of that, everyone. If you are yes. someone who likes to gif after making a mistake, maybe some people like it and have a conversation with your partner. But if we do that enough, the correlation between gifts. Uh, becomes this negative one and right if we surprise someone with a gift we're like well what did you do (laughs) exactly yeah right it's funny um i (laughs) it's it's not really at all it's totally tangential but i said my partner's first name and he was just like what did i do i was like what are you talking about and he was like you never use my first name like am i being scolded (laughs) i'm like what um no i completely agree with you i also um think that think that gifts as an apology are not um a good idea and i i do not like them and i also don't like gifts as like a way to try to get sex but my Mm. only point is like it's definitely a thing that people do oh for sure for sure i think Um, for sure it is and so like i mean there's a reason you know uh that's why i think foreplay especially i mean i know it's this way for me and i think it's this way for a lot of people foreplay is so mental for a lot of people Mm -hmm. and um by like giving some that person like your your words of affirmation um if that's their love language or um like an act of service or something like that like that's doing that leading up to is probably going to make that person way more interested in in sex I, i think you even said last week that like the thing that makes me feel sexy is intellectual conversation intellectual banter right 
And that makes sense because if my love language is like words of affirmation or communication based, of course that's going to be like the thing. Yeah, I totally agree. Oh, I forgot that I had some people reach out to me in my life of like, uh, this is what my love language is. Um, So I had someone reach out to me and say quality time for sure. It was a mix. They were like quality time and acts of service. Um, and this rings very true for how they're, and it's, it's, it's really, really interesting to see as like a third party of this person's partner does these things very well. Um, like if you look at who kind of takes more of like the household things, it's very much the partner and they do these acts of service. And I think, you know, the, the woman I was talking to, it makes sense because she is very busy at work and like the, these acts of service really show that the partner is like thinking about her and taking care of her, especially when she's stressed, which I think is like super cute. Um, but also, yeah, makes total sense. And um, I had someone answer the question kind of in the way we, we were just talking. Um, and they were like, well, words of affirmations. And I was like, okay, you know, like explain that. And they were like, they actually related it to sex, which was kind of more this week's topic than last week's topic. But they were like, well, when my partner is like giving me these compliments or like giving me compliments on my body, like I feel really confident and I want to share that confidence then oh, with yeah. my partner. I can definitely relate to that. Yep. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> I can definitely relate to that. Yeah. I just, I'm like, tell me how great I am. <laughs> Um, yeah. And even like in the bedroom stuff, like I, I mean, I think that some people like, I'm not necessarily talking about like dirty talk, but like if during the act you want to talk a little bit and like give compliments about like how someone's doing something very well or, you know, how you liked that technique on that one way. Like I really like, and I know we're going to talk about porn at some point, um, <laughs> but, but spoiler alert, I watch porn. Hopefully my parents aren't listening to this episode. <laughs> Um, but like some of my favorite porn is porn where the people are describing what they want the person to do in like detail. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about that, but I really like it. Um, and I think that that's great in life and I think it's great in porn. And I think it's good in porn too, because it's encouraging saying what you want. Right which you don't necessarily see in a lot of porn. Um, unfortunately, I think in the porn that I watch, it's the guy saying what to do and very rarely the girl, which is... Um, unfortunate. And you know, not always the case. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but I... So I think that's... I mean, I, yeah, I guess let's start with uh, like words of affirmation then. Um, you know, we're kind of already already in it. So um, what, what else do we have to say about words of affirmation and... Um, sexy times yeah well i think we've already like said a good amount of like this for sure for a lot of people is like important in for uh foreplay of like very much like hearing positive things about yourself and i would say even during sex uh for those of for those people who kind of like to be talked to during sex and like hear those compliments during sex i think that can be huge yeah i think so um sorry i just started daydreaming about something that somebody said to me once and (laughs) went off into my brain a little bit. Um, (laughs) That happened three years ago and it is still stuck with me. Oh my God. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So I um, definitely agree clearly. Um, 
yeah, I, I think that uh, even just, and I think that, I mean, in straight relationships, you know, which is what I can speak to, mm-hmm. um, guys are so rarely vocal because I think they're concentrating so much um, that I, I feel like I don't see that very frequently in, you know, the the number of people that I have um, been intimate with. But um, even just like hearing a guy, I've, t- I've spoken with my with my female friends about this, like just hearing like a guy like grunt. Mm-hmm. For some reason, that counts to me as words of affirmation because it, it's affirming something, you I, know? I would agree with that. I mean, there's a lot of conditioning for women um, around if you're having a good time, you're going to be making noise and loud noise. Uh, I think that is something that is very, very much conditioned um, into us specifically in those kind of heteronormative relationships of, um, you know, you have to validate what he is doing. Um, I think that when you get a little bit outside of that, you know, gender norm and heteronormative experience, um, I I think there are a lot of different experiences of like making noise. Um, but I completely agree with you of, men are not conditioned to do that for women. Um, And it's kind of like, I think it's, I think it's very much because of how, what sex is supposed to represent. It's something for the man's pleasure and not something for women's pleasure. Um, So I think that has a lot to do with kind of uh, America and the, the sexual norms here. Um, but yeah, I do think it gets a little bit more radical when you're talking about relationships that are not heterosexual and you get to, I mean, and I, and I think also, even if they are heteronormative, it, it gets to be a little bit different when you can clearly communicate with your partner, your needs, Definitely. and um, you start to actually have sex for joy versus because you think it's something that's expected of you. Yes. Yes. Which is definitely, uh, you know, I don't know why I something went off. I think about. <laughs> No, I completely agree. Agree with you. Um, and that's something I've actually been thinking about a lot lately. Um, that That's so important. I think a lot of people go through that process. Um, um, a lot of people that I know anyway of, you know, is this something that I'm doing because I want to be doing it and because it makes me feel powerful and it makes me feel sexy or am I just doing it because it's expected of me? Yeah, right. Right, right, right. Um, and so definitely I think that getting that <laughs> – Oral validation. Sorry. Uh, did not initially intend for that to be a pun, but there it is. Um, getting that like validation verbally, um, I think can, I don't know, like spark something mm-hmm. and definitely spice things up. And I mean, like words of affirmation can also open the way to like dirty talk. If that's something that you're into, yeah. you know, it's, it's a, you know, what I'm talking about, that kind of like more describing um, aspect. It's that's a form of dirty talk. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that, uh, you know, even if you want it to be a little like raunchier than kind of what I was describing, um, that's still words of affirmation. Now, of course, you should always be discussing with your partner ahead of time, like what your boundaries are and right. what, what you consent to. Um, you know, don't spring daddy language <laughs> on a partner without talking about it first. Um that's a surefire way to potentially kill the mood. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I think that if this is something that you want to explore with your partner, definitely some communication around it. And I also, you know, this might be like, uh, maybe like a weird 
concept of um, then validating the sex afterwards of like, so I'm making these, you know, you know, noises that validate the sex during and maybe Mm -hmm. I'm talking during and that's validating as well. Um, But truthfully, you, I mean, we should be saying to our partners if they did something great during sex like oh that was really great or I really loved that I loved when you did that um for two reasons first of all to validate and to like you know express gratitude for the for essentially the act of service (laughs) um right but also uh that's how positive reinforcement works yes yes (laughs) so it's not that I want you to train your partner but you know if there was something that you liked it is more likely to be repeated if you if you give them yeah, that validation exactly yeah I mean and that's I that's a good point I hadn't even thought about like afterwards but that is a great point like having somebody say to you oh man I really like when you did that thing with your hands mm-hmm. or like I really liked it when you switched us to this position um <laughs> I feel like I don't know if other couples do this but I definitely kind of enjoy debriefing after <laughs> after sex being like what are we taking what are we leaving you know what uh what's what's going to come into play next time? What are we, you know, never, never doing again? Right. Um, and I, I think that that's something that comes with time once you're, you know, in something a little more um, established and, um, you know, when you feel comfortable talking with your partner uh, yeah. in that way. Yeah. Clearly, if you are, your intention is a one night stand, like you're not going to debrief because there's no point because you won't have sex again. Um, but if you are with someone, you're having consistent sex, for sure. Feedback is amazing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay, well, I think that covers uh, words of affirmation. I guess next would be, let me find my handy dandy chart here. <laughs> Going back to the Mind Body Green article. Uh, physical touch, which I feel like at first glance may seem kind of uh, self explanatory. <laughs> yes, yeah. But I think we'll find other ways of kind of delving into it. Yeah, I mean, like, the the easy things are very much of, like, including that into foreplay, but in, uh, so this is part of, I'm, like, giving you, like, the spoilers to what I'm going to be talking about on Friday, but um, I think a lot of non-sexual touching um, before sex and just in general helps sex to go better and just helps you be more familiar with this person's touch as well. Um, so I think that touch should be something that is happening, period, but also, you know, beforehand of, like, maybe it takes people a, a while to, like, get into the space where they're in the mood because of stress, because of whatever. Um, sure. And I think... I mean, that's why people give, like, massages. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, or, or holding hands or, like, mm-hmm. cuddling on the couch. Like, having that non-sexual touching kind of helps you to better be able to do that, you know, sexual touching once you both are in like the right headspace and have consent and all that yeah yeah definitely and I think um I I was gonna say too like the foreplay kind of what you said the foreplay like really savoring those touches Mm -hmm. um because I think that's you know I, I don't consider physical touch my like top love language but like that definitely makes a difference you know if if you're feeling if that's a way that you feel close to somebody emotionally that's a really good way to feel close to somebody like intimately, you know, as well. So, um, yeah, I think that sex is pretty much a given. I'm sorry, (laughs) physical touch is kind of a given during sex. But like 
there are different ways of touching too, like, and physical touch, like communicating with your partner. I mean, sometimes you just want to like have really dirty, really fast, really raunchy sex. And sometimes you might want it to be slower and like have a little more buildup and softer and like more like caressing. And so even, you know, um, kind of discovering with your partner what type of touch they might want for that particular encounter for lack of a better term um is another possibility yeah um you know what i don't know i'm like sitting here thinking about physical touch and i'm kind of like this literally could be sex like this this it is quite literally like it just is sex because sometimes physical touch doesn't have anything to do with like having an orgasm or right um you know uh, sometimes a lot of people don't define sex as penetrative sex uh, so I think like physical touch for me, I'm thinking about it and I'm like, that just is sex. Yeah. For some people it might be, <laughs> right. um, definitely. Uh, and you know, I know, I, I know some people who, uh, um, I know for me, like after I get into an argument, um, like with, with a partner, like I always want to have sex afterwards. And it's, like, my way of, like, wanting to, like, close the book on the argument. Just kind of, like, a, are we okay? Mm. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe that plays into it a little bit. Um, because it's it's strengthening the relationship by using a love language. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. Just food for thought. But, yeah, I do think that... Even I'm thinking, too, like when it comes to like foreplay, like if public stuff is your thing, then like if you're like out to dinner and like you, you know, like want to like grope your partner or something like under the table or at a bar, like, you know, that if you're if you're both into that, then that's another good way of like bringing into foreplay. So like I think that physical touch is definitely when it comes to foreplay, like it's about the how. And I think like in the act of sex, it's like sex is the physical touch you know <laughs> right yeah like you said so well i think after if we were talking about after as well i think uh the concept of like being held afterwards or having that skin to can uh skin to skin contact that increases the kind of like i don't know like neurochemicals in your brain releasing and yeah um also i don't know it's it's this is maybe a weird i don't know where my head is today but it is like weirdly clinical um but, you know, the the kind of sort of a thing behind women breastfeeding of like that skin to skin contact, mm-hmm. it does definitely have an effect on us as adult humans of like, this is connection, like being skin to skin and holding each other um, definitely increases connection. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, uh, I think... <laughs> you can run into that when you are trying to do like a, a one night stand um i have seen it many a time when somebody sticks around to cuddle and uh you know you do you like that's your decision but uh you're you might be a little more likely to feel closer to that person afterwards so if you don't want to catch feels <laughs> right <laughs> maybe not the best idea yeah um i, I kind of i kind of agree with that scientifically yeah. i for sure agree with that yeah, uh, you know, you do you, but uh, just a uh, little. Well, I I feel like when I, I I very rarely, um, you know, in my time as a single person, 
I, I think I, I realized recently that I've never had a one an actual one night stand. I'd always like at least like gone on a date with somebody first. Um, right. So like I I feel like my my experience with like you know more casual sex is a little bit more limited because I'm such a relationship person. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that like afterwards that that period of cuddling. Um, Something something happens there, and sometimes it's magical, and sometimes it bites you in the ass after. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I will I'll, I'll kind of think about it in like a client light way of usually when I'm talking with a client who has had a one night stand, it is it is kind of for sex, um, and that's the need that needs to be met, um, mm-hmm. and that physical touch need afterwards is not typically like the need that that needs to be met if anything they sleep in the same bed but it's not like i'm holding you you're holding me but also sometimes it is and maybe both people needed that in that moment and hell yeah if that's a one night thing go for it yeah (laughs) yep um okay what is next receiving gifts this one's fun okay i so when i heard this one i immediately was like this (laughs) this <laughs> I don't know. This is like um going down on someone. Like this is the gift. This is something that that you are giving that is kind and maybe something oh. that doesn't happen every single time, but definitely uh can be a gift for some people. Interesting. I was actually putting that under acts of service. <laughs> Fair enough. Um yeah, cuz it's uh, you know, it's an act it's an it's an act and it's like you are literally servicing somebody because you know you're not getting anything physical out of it um but i definitely that's a good way of looking at it because it is it is a gift Um, it certainly is but yeah and i was about to say for a lot of people maybe going down on someone is the sex like that is their definition of sex mm -hmm. um but i do think it is still that like gift giving especially if it's like one at a time um I think that is still a gift. I don't know. Sex in its general sense is like a gift, but it in is. any case, what were you thinking in regards to gifts? Um, I was thinking toys. Okay. Um, so, I mean, originally, like, you're you're talking about, um, you know, we're, we've kind of broken it down into, like, foreplay, mm-hmm. sex itself, and post-coitus. Um, so, like, pre, you know, I mean, there's – it's like we were talking about earlier with, like, a guy bringing, you know <laughs> – doing like uh bringing a gift to his partner um like you know and then and then sex happens Mm, um as like a quote-unquote reward which again i don't think is a great (laughs) stereotype but it's a stereotype for a reason i guess um but like yeah like uh bringing home flowers bringing chocolates um you know uh i guess that that would be under maybe acts of service too um uh, but like even like setting up a um setting up the bedroom Mm -hmm. with like you know um some like sexy things that's like kind of a mix of acts of service and and gifts um so like but then during i think that the cool thing about gifts is that it it kind of can work for you too you know um so you're giving it but you also are kind of getting it Mm -hmm. Um, it's like, you know, you can, if you get your partner underwear, um, sex toys, right. Uh, you know, maybe like you read, I hate 50 shades of gray and everything that it stands for. Um, (laughs) definitely could do an entire episode on that, but, 
Um, you know, like whatever, whatever it might be. Maybe you're really into um, like anal and you get like a new anal toy, like whatever. Yeah. Like whatever the toy, whatever it is, a toy is like a fun way to spice things up. It's a gift and you are going to get something out of it too. Yeah. This one is so hard for me because yeah, I keep like being like, well, what about this? And then I'm like, no, acts of service. Like I do think acts of service and gift giving in this context. Yes. Very much overlap. That, I completely agree. Right. And then, so I think we might as well go to that one next actually, but go yeah, ahead. And- no, no, I'm totally fine with that. That makes, that makes sense. So like acts of service, I think can be anything in regards to like, uh, maybe this is not part of your normal sex and it's something that you want to do extra or it's something that you want to give a little extra or try something new. Yeah. Like, um, you know, hopefully with consent, your sexual encounters are like reciprocal. Right. Yeah. Um, but sometimes there are things where, you know, you're doing the work just for the pleasure of another person. Mm-hmm. And I think that that definitely falls under the umbrella of acts of service. Yeah, and you know what? Now I'm thinking like the old, all the songs that are like about birthday sex. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, however you feel about those. But that is like, the it is both the gift, the act of service of like, I'm going to treat you so well and I'm going to do all these amazing things to you because um, I know you like these things and there's no expectation in return. Yeah. Yeah, and I think like that's what it is, right? Like I think you just hit on it right there. The no expectation in return. Right. And that's that's the way in which acts of service is a gift. Right. Because there is no expectation. Well, hopefully there is no expectation period when we're having sex um at all and we should be communicating and like getting consent for all the things. Um, right. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do think um if you have a relationship where you're both very much making sure both needs are met. Um, yeah. And if it's kind of like one of those times where you're like, I don't need you to do anything. I want you to like sit back. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Or, um, Hmm. <laughs> yeah. These, these are a little bit more tricky. I think. I know. I'm just my, I, I'm like revisiting like the catalog Um, and just having a grand old time over here by myself. Um, But yeah, I um, like even what if, so here's a situation. Mm -hmm. If you are usually the more submissive party and your partner is usually the one who takes control, Mm -hmm. a fun like acts of service or gift, like way to like switch it up. Like, you take control and um, I think that that can be really effective and uh, I, I can't speak for all guys, but um, I, in, in my experience, guys have liked that. <laughs> Just like switch it up a little bit. Um, I don't know. I, I think there's something, it's about like subverting expectations a little bit, right? Like, Switching people always use this phrase like spice it up, right? When talking about sex. And I think that's kind of like where gifts and acts of service can kind of fall into here. Yeah, I think also maybe this one I was thinking about is yeah, kind of like what you're saying of um maybe this is not part of our 
you know, daily, every other day or weekly, monthly sex. Um, but would like, can you give me the gift of like this particular kink I'd like to try? Uh huh. Yep. Or, you know, whatever active service, um, would you mind trying this with me? Exactly. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm thinking. It's like, what are, what do you normally do? And then what's something that like, you know that your partner might want to try or that you don't do as frequently for, you know, whatever reason. And you don't need to have a reason necessarily if you don't want to do it. Um, right. I feel like that's really important to say. But uh, yeah, I think I think like just kind of the idea of switching it up kind of covers gift and active service. But what about like in terms of like foreplay and like post-sex with like gifts and acts of service? Mm. <laughs> That one's hard because it it over then it overlaps with physical touch as well. Of like, I think that sometimes an act of service is like a massage. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think maybe I am thinking of physical acts of service because I think that's what's normally tied with uh, sex. Sure. I mean, for me, I'm thinking of how uh happy my partner gets when i do his dishes (laughs) (laughs) um you know so i think that there are different uh i think that for me when i think of like acts of service as foreplay i'm thinking less physically and i'm thinking more mentally Mm. um which like because it's really it's really hard for me to get in the mood if i have other things going on it's really hard for For me to be present so if somebody takes care of some of the things that i need to do that's gonna really it free it, it it frees up that like mental bandwidth for me, yeah. So that I can give them that that time and space, and like they have more of my attention now, because they have done an act of service for me that allows me to be present with them. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm having an idea of like I know maybe I'm skipping too soon. Let me know if you want to add any more under what the topic we're currently talking about. But I feel like it's sliding into. Um, quality time for me when you're saying that because the foreplay I mean these are all these are all gonna slip and slide. right of course <laughs> the foreplay of quality time I think is so important like if I don't feel close to you if we're not having quality time there's no way that there's going to be any sort of like oh I'm super in the mood for sex we haven't talked for two weeks you know what I'm saying like right uh, right I think quality time and like making sure that there's no stress within the relationship which i think comes from quality time is a huge thing in foreplay because if this is not happening sex is not happening yes not necessarily but you know as often no i i see what you're saying for sure and um i think with like that's why for me i think uh quality time and physical touch i think that like quality time's like my second one and physical touch is kind of my you know like third mm-hmm. down or like my wing but i feel like for me quality time is really physical touch is really strongly linked to quality time yeah. um and i mean like it it's funny because ultimately when it comes down to foreplay right we're talking about foreplay and how these really to sex but when it comes down to it and it kind of goes back to what I was saying in the beginning of this episode when I was talking about the last relationship like when when you are doing your best to meet your partner's needs outside of the bedroom by looking at their love language Mm -hmm. it is going to make it easier to meet their needs inside the bedroom right 
Um, you know, and so that's why I'm really glad that like, you know, we kind of split this up into like, you know, talking about the love languages in general. And then, you know, this week talking about in relationship to sex, because the fact of the matter is, if you're thinking about meeting your partner's love languages all the time, then like it's going to come a lot naturally. Right, 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 right. Um, but that was kind of me skipping, skipping ahead. Um, when it comes to quality <laughs> time, I mean, I, I do think that you're right, just very much in like the way that, uh, you know, physical touch kind of is sex. Having quality time creates the space for sex. Right. And the whole idea about love languages is it's the question of what makes you feel close to your partner, right? right. Like, and if you're spending time together, it's going to be a lot easier you know, for the thought of, oh, I would like to have sex with this person to occur to you. Right. And I'm, you know what I'm trying to think of um, it in relation to self and being alone and also in relation to having one night stands, because I do actually think quality time does play a part. It might just mean something a bit different. So, you know, when you're with yourself and we're talking about, you know, having sex with yourself and masturbation, I do think you need quality time with yourself. And I do think that is kind of the same of like, okay, I need to make sure I'm okay. I need to make sure things feel okay. I need to be okay with myself, which is that quality time. And also I think there, you know, and maybe I'm like switching definitions, but I think there is a certain amount of like quality time that, and I'm just setting up a scenario. Like if you're at a bar and you see someone who's attractive, like for that for you to want to have sex with that person there does have to be that sort of like talking connection um like physical touch um definitely you know yeah uh you know probably words of affirmation in that moment but it's just in this like really sped up <laughs> time slot yeah i mean you're doing the same thing you just I mean, you're, you're trying to figure – I mean, that's the whole thing about, like, going into a bar and meeting somebody. You're trying to figure out the shortcut to meet their love languages so that you can get them home. <laughs> yeah. Um, is kind of what it is, uh, uh, which maybe is why I don't like them. I don't like the idea of, you know, taking shortcuts. Um, mm. But uh, I don't know. I think there's many reasons other than that why why <laughs> I, you know, don't. But – um. Here's a thought. Mm-hmm. And, you know, talking about being present with ourselves and with our partners kind of reminded me of this. Because I was, you know, I was talking about how when my partner does something for me, it opens up that space, right? Right. And then I talked about it opens up that space for me to be present. There's present sex. And then there's like sex where you kind of feel all over the place mentally. Yes. Yes, for sure. So quality time could be like really focusing in on, you know, quieting your mind, not thinking about your to-do list, not thinking about what you need to get at the grocery store um, and like really focusing in. And like, you know, it could even be um, like working on something together. Like, you know, I know that there I've done like a couple workshops on tantric sex, Mm -hmm. which is um, very much about like being being present and focusing on the breath. Um, and so I think that like doing something like that together is a really good way to invite quality time because it's inviting both of you to step into the space, make time for one another and be completely present. Yes. So I will say that I am very much, and I talk a little bit about this. <laughs> uh, I will be talking about a little bit on this on Friday of, Uh, And I've also been watching like a lot of documentaries because of this podcast, you know, we often talk about sex and relationships, but also this is what I do as a therapist. And also I do give like kind of like 
I don't know, positive sex workshops, if you want to say. Um, I'm someone who's like very critical of tantric sex uh, because it is made up in the United States. Like Tantra in India is like a totally different thing and has Mm -hmm. no business in the way that we're treating it here in America. But I do think the way we are treating it here in America is closer to like having a mindfulness practice. Um, sure. Yes. And I think so. That- maybe they need to rebrand. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They need to not culturally appropriate, but anyway, uh, so I think it's looking at, um, having a mindfulness practice and having things that ground you, um, and really like being able to right get out of your head so right when you're having sex you're not like oh you know whether that's with yourself or with a partner sure what do i need at the grocery store later (laughs) because right when we're there first of all there's less of a chance that we're going to have those actual feelings and be present um but I, i think it is also harder to orgasm if that is your goal um yes and again as we've said before Sex can just be sex and it can be fun just being sex. Mm-hmm. But continue. Big time, yeah. <laughs> so I think mindfulness is huge. And I think mindfulness in a general sense for life and sex is huge. Because when you're mindful all the time, which is like unheard of, but that's the ideal, sure. When we're most of the time mindful, we're aware of how we're feeling, what we're what we're feeling physically you know, we're more able to check in with our partner. We're more able to check in with ourselves. Everything just kind of goes better when you have that practice um, kind of in your repertoire of things that you're doing. Definitely. Yeah, I um thinking like about about Tantra, you know, I've only done a couple a couple workshops on it. Um, but I was thinking that getting like uh, somebody who knows way more about it um, on would be interesting just to kind of mm-hmm see how it's uh morphed over time because right. i think you're right that it is not what it initially initially was meant to be um but you know speaking from having done whatever you know the workshop was uh that i did uh uh it definitely did help me to like feel really grounded and present yeah. in my body um so whatever like that mindfulness technique was again maybe they just need to rebrand but um <laughs> Like, uh, whatever, whatever that was, was pretty, pretty fucking cool. So, right. Yeah. And I mean, I think, so not to like, right. I think there are certain merits and I think that you can definitely learn new things about yourself in these, in these Mm -hmm. spaces. Um, but I would say there are a lot, there's a lot of like pushback in it being, yeah, that cultural appropriation space. So yeah, not to take away from it. Cause I do think you can learn things from, any workshop you go to, whether it's positive things or negative things, you can take something away from it. Um, but yeah, I think for sure, like having that ability, no matter where you got it from, to be mm-hmm. able to ground yourself and check in is super important. Definitely. Yeah. And I mean, just um, like moving your body in a certain way, mm-hmm. like can kind of, you know, we ask people what made them feel sexy. And some people said like dancing and moving your body in a way that like is evocative of sex mm-hmm. is going to make you feel sexy and it might make you horny, you know? And so like, that's a really, um, you know, maybe even that's a, a physical touch type of thing. Um, you know, there's, there's a reason that like people go to nightclubs and, you know, dirty <laughs> right. dance to, to like hook up at the end of the night. Um, <laughs> I, I but literally I guess, love that you said dirty dance. I don't think I've even heard it 
said like that in so long. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of the movie Dirty yeah. Dancing. <laughs> Rip Patrick Swayze. Oh my God. What, a, what, a, what a beautiful man. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess like I, I want to kind of hear from our listeners, um, especially on this episode, uh, wine dine at allportsopen.com. I'd really like to hear does your love language in your sex life match up with your love language outside of the bedroom? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, did we miss any like glaring examples that you might have yeah. of, um, you know, how the love languages can be reflected in sex lives? Like, yeah, I kind of want to hear because I feel like, uh, you know, we kind of came into this episode with a couple of vague ideas of like what this might look like, right. but, um, you know, would love to hear, uh, what other people might think about um, this idea that love languages can be used both in your sex life and out of it. And again, like like I said earlier, um, if you are if you are meeting your partner's love language outside of the bedroom, it's going to do nothing but you know create space for that inside the bedroom as well. Right, for sure. And I honestly love that question. And now I'm like thinking about it for myself. So. Mm-hmm. That is super interesting because I do think mine are different. Yeah, i i haven't fig- I haven't totally figured out mine out yet. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I know that. Um, you know, I feel like words of affirmation is just how I kind of live my life. So <laughs> I feel like it's kind of going to be up there no matter what. But I don't know if it. I even though I know it's my top one, like in normal life, I don't know if it would be my top one in the bedroom. So I'm going to have to do some thinking about that. Yeah. Good. So as we are thinking for ourselves, uh, yeah, please reach out to us and let us know what you guys are thinking. Yeah. And we'll report back. Um, <laughs> wine dine at allportsopen.com. Yeah. Well, did you have anything else? I mean, Any other no, I th- things? No, I think that is, I think that's it for me. Uh, do you want to say where you're going to be presenting on Friday? Like the... Oh, yeah, that is a good idea. <laughs> so I am kind of working with it's it's called Everybody Movement, uh, Movement and Wellness, and it's in West Philadelphia. For those of you who do not know it, it is kind of this like Pilates, yoga, um, massage therapy and therapist space, which is like the only one I've ever seen. That is so cool. Yeah, I know. So I was literally like, okay, I have to somehow get in there. And the owner, uh, Julia, is genuinely like, a gem is an amazing person and was like, you know, we're dirt, like it's quarant like we're quarantining and, you know, we can't fully open up, but we're doing online things. Uh, so she allowed me to kind of use the space to be able to talk about kind of what, I mean, it was great, kind of whatever I wanted. And it just so happened to be sex and stress. Um, so it is actually through zoom and which I guess makes that pretty easy. But if you go on to everybodymovesphilly.com and you go look at the schedule, all you'll have to do is find me on the schedule this Friday. I believe it's the 18th, uh, 630. And you just click on it and it'll take you to the Zoom uh, link. And basically you can just show up and it's totally free. It's donation based. So if you are not in the space to be able to give, that is totally fine. You can kind of join in and... Hopefully, I'll see you on Friday. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, everybody, thanks for <laughs> tuning in. Um, and for Anna Lovelace and myself, Rachel Dalton, this has been Wine, Dine, and 69. And let's keep talking. Bye.
Oh, 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 oh,